Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Committed Creative Podcast. I'm your host, Carmen Allen Patali. And this week on the pod, I'm not interviewing anyone. I am simply chatting one-on-one to you. And I thought that this week I would talk about website content and how to build your website in a way that is engaging and keeps the user on the page, reading your website for as long as possible, because we know if a user hangs around your website, they're much more likely to engage in your content, which means they're much more likely to connect with the content. And if they do that, then they're more likely to book a discovery call and hopefully make a sale further down the line. And today I was on the phone with a client who is a financial planner and we were going over his new website and talking about the content that we want to see on it. And one of the first things that I always emphasize that it's important to remember is what is your main call to action? What do you want the user to experience or what action do you want that user to take at the end of your website, of their website journey? So I think sometimes we get too bogged down in making the website look pretty and making sure it has this content and that content. But at the end of the day, The thing that needs to stay front and foremost in your mind is the call to action you want your user to take, because that is the end goal. That is the reason why you have a website in the first place. It's to get your customers to take action, right? So of course, sometimes people have websites purely for portfolio purposes, to show your gallery, to show samples of your work and that kind of thing. But mostly we have a call to action on our website that in most cases is for the user to contact you, to reach out, to book in that discovery call so that you can nurture that lead hopefully into a sale. So I think what we need to remember is if that is the main call to action to book a discovery call, then we need to make that point of action as clear as possible. As soon as they arrive on that page, they need to know exactly what it is you do, how you can help them, and how they can book a call with you. And too many times I go to websites and I have to scroll down to find more information about what that business does. They might have a pretty picture at the front, but perhaps it's of a field of flowers and what they're offering is mindset coaching. And it's not immediately clear what they offer. And this is a problem because bounce rates can be really high if your website isn't engaging from the get-go. If someone lands on it and it's not aligned to what they potentially Googled, for example, if they Googled mindset coaching and they land on a website that has a photo of pretty flowers, they're probably going to click away uh, and be on your website for shorter than three seconds, which, you know, is not great. So you need to have your business name at the top one sentence about how you solve a problem and what it is you do. And then you need to have that call to action, book a discovery call now or something like that. For example, if you go to my website, you have my logo, you have what I do. Let's bring your brand to life and make your business thrive. That's exactly the result that I'm getting for my clients. And then straight after it says book a strategy call. And then if you scroll down immediately, you see my services that I'm offering content strategy. 
that I'm offering PR, that I'm offering copywriting and so forth. So within that top third of my website, you see straight away what it is I do and how you can take action as a user. So first and foremost, I think that's really important to think about when you are creating your website copy uh, for your business website. Of course, perhaps your call to action is not book a discovery call. It might be purchasing a product. You want to have that call to action enticing enough that they take action that first time around. So perhaps it's like sign up to our newsletter and receive a 20% discount or something like that. That is also a call to action. You're offering them a discount in return for their data, which is great because once you've got that data, you can continue to uh, market them with email marketing and nurture them into that sale. So that's an example of another type of call to action. Or maybe, you know, you the call to action could be um, to listen to your podcast. If you are purely a content creator and maybe you make your money from YouTube or whatever it might be, you might be directing them to that area of another website or whatever it might be. But I would recommend that you try and keep them on your website. For example, if you are saying like the call to action is sign up to our newsletter for 20% off or whatever it is, make it like a little pop-up or, and we recommend that the pop-up comes up around 45 seconds in. So it's not immediate. Perhaps you have another call to action um, to keep them on the website, but um, sometimes it can be a bit off-putting if that pop-up comes up immediately because they're not even sure what they're looking at yet. And all of a sudden they've got this pop-up in their face. So just keep that in mind. Um, But when they do take that call to action, try and keep them on your website. For example, if it's like book a discovery call, make it lead to a page afterwards they that after they've booked that call where it might be like um read our latest news or learn more about our services or something when they've booked that call lead it to another page that keeps them going on your website another important consideration i think when you're building your website is to always keep your seo in mind it might be easy and it might be tempting to want to have a one-page website uh, because, you know, it's it's easier to write all the content, keep it on one page, keep it concise, short and simple and snappy. But the downside to this is that you can only really optimize a web page for one to two keywords at a time. Otherwise, you simply otherwise you simply um, confuse Google. So if you have a one page website, that could pose a problem because it means you can only optimize that page or that website for one to two keywords. However, sometimes that might be fine. For example, I have a client that's quite well known and they just want to optimize their website with their name because it's a well-known name in the industry and that's really what people Google to find her. So if that's the case, sure, go for a one-page website. But if you're like another client of mine who's a massage therapist and you specialize in different types of massage therapy, which she specializes in um, oncology massage and um, lymphatic um, treatments and stuff like that, you want to optimize each page, each service page for those keywords, which I suppose leads me to another point. And I've fallen into into this trap on my own website um, in the past is that you have a services page 
and you list all your services on the one page. And once again, this can be problematic because if you have five core services, um, for example, like my massage client who had those five different massage treatments that she offers, if she was to list them on the very one page, then she can only optimize for one of the treatments. So if someone is Googling um, lymphatic treatments, which she offers, but um, she's only optimized that one service page for the keyword oncology massage, then she's not going to be found by Google. So it's really best, even though it might be more work for you, uh, to build out those services page over a number of pages. So each service has its own page. Another thing I'd like to mention is that if your business is the type of business where people will Google the suburb straight afterwards, this is often the case with trades, right? Because you're looking for a local tradie. So if you're a plumber, for example, people might type in plumber Joondalup, plumber Scarborough, whatever it might be. And you want to optimize for all of these suburbs because you serve Uh, both north and south of the river if you're in Perth for example and you want to come up in all those searches for all those key suburbs then I would recommend you build out services pages for every single suburb that you want to rank for plumbing Scarborough plumbing Inaloo plumbing Joondalup like maybe the key areas like Joondalup Rockingham Mandurah whatever it might be and you don't have to have these pages as front facing pages on your website. And what do I mean by this? I mean that if you click in your menu tab, it's not listed anywhere. Those uh, suburb services, um, services that are tailored to specific suburbs. However, if someone is to Google Scarborough plumbing, it will show up because the page is live on your website. It's just, you can't navigate there from the homepage, if that makes sense. However, if someone's to search those keywords, it comes up with that Scarborough plumbing page, then they can click onto that page, read about your services, about plumbing in Scarborough, and then click through to your contact page and book in your service. Now, if you're going to do this, I would recommend that you don't completely replicate every single services page and just change out the suburb name because Google doesn't like replicate uh, content. So rather than doing that, uh, rewrite every single page. And you know what is great for this? Chat GPT. Copy and paste it into ChatGPT and say, please rewrite this, but change the word Scarborough to Inaloo or whatever it might be and get ChatGPT to do it for you. Uh, this is great because really it's, you know, it doesn't take much brain power to do this kind of thing. It's really not necessary to make this copy, you know, Nobel Prize award winning or anything like that. All you're trying to do is optimize your website for SEO. I hope that makes sense. (laughs) Um, Of course, on your homepage, it's really important that you have your key messages uh, laid out. So whatever that might be for your business, aside from clearly um, distinguishing what it is you do straight up and how you serve your customers, how you help people, how you solve problems and what problems you solve. So you want to be talking to those pain points and showing the transformation that you uh, give. 
uh, you also want to be relaying those key messages uh, that your business is founded on. Um, You know, and perhaps those key messages relate to your values, your business's values. I would suggest that if you are very... um, strong on your values as a value-based business, then uh, why not have your values uh, listed and your mission and vision listed on your story page or your about page? I certainly do. And I think that helps me to attract clients who value the same things I do, which, you know, is like open communication, um, freedom, uh, collaboration and connection, those kinds of things, creativity. Um, and if someone, you know, navigates to that page and, you know, that resonates with them, those values resonate with them, then I feel like they're possibly more inclined to want to book a call with me because they're feeling like they know me a little bit. They're feeling like I'm open, uh, to conversation and, you know, friendly enough that they want to make a booking with me. Something else that I would recommend when creating your new website is to, message all your past clients who you know have loved your work and ask them for a Google review. Google reviews are golden for Google. Uh, Google obviously scrolls the internet all day long on autopilot and looks for authority, websites with authority. And what better way to make a website look credible and to give a website authority than to have uh, genuine Google reviews, and they know they're genuine because they registered people's names and email addresses, right? To have these genuine Google reviews about different companies. If someone is Googling your business and you have 40 Google reviews, chances are you're going to rank more highly than a business that does a similar thing but has no Google reviews. So you want to be trying to collect these Google reviews at the end of every single project after every single customer experience. And if you create a Google My Business profile, which I'm not going to go into in this podcast because it's a little bit detailed and lengthy, um, but if you um, create a Google My Business profile, actually, I think it's called something else now. I've forgotten they've changed the name. Um, And you will see that it says reviews. And if you click on that, you can um, click on the tab that says ask for more people for reviews or something like that. And it gives you a little link. So make it easy for your customers and your past clients and simply say, um, I think you've loved working with me in the past. I'll be ever so grateful if you could please leave me a Google review and then provide the link. So all they have to do is click on that link, leave the review and Bob's your uncle, you've got another review. I wish I had been doing this since the dawn of time, but unfortunately I probably have only been doing it the past year or so religiously. And even so I've managed to collect quite a few reviews, five-star reviews, all of mine are five-star, which is great. Um, and that has helped bump up my SEO. So yes, I highly recommend, uh, that you do that. And you know, the great thing about it is that you can also copy and paste these reviews and put them as testimonials on your website or use them in case studies uh, that you feature on your website, which is something that I have also done. I also think it's important to remember that repurposing content is king. And this goes for your website. 
If you have been doing things like creating little videos and popping them on LinkedIn or recording a podcast or writing lengthy LinkedIn articles, why not repurpose this content for content for your website? If you're writing articles on LinkedIn, there's no reason why these articles can't be uh, replicated into a blog. And all you need to do is hire a VA um, and, you know, they don't charge too much, especially ones that are overseas. And you could ask them to repurpose all the content you've previously created for LinkedIn articles and create them into a blog for you. And once again, this helps with SEO. Google likes websites that have fresh content. And what do I mean by this? I mean content where you know, you're updating your website on a regular basis, which unfortunately many businesses create a website and they leave it dormant for months, sometimes even years. And Google doesn't like this. Google sees that as an old website, which means perhaps the content's outdated, dated, perhaps the content is irrelevant, and therefore it doesn't like to push that content up higher than websites that are updating their pages on a regular basis. And this is why blogs are great because if you are posting one blog a month or one blog every two weeks, you are refreshing your content regularly and Google will thank you for it. So that's another way to keep your website looking schmick and relevant to your clients. I think it's also important to remember when writing the copy for your website that you really want to be writing that content in your business's tone of voice. And this is something that is really developed over time. But if you jump back to episode number 52, uh, which is called creating a marketing strategy, I do discuss um, the psychology behind your marketing and your tone of voice and everything like that and how you can uncover your brand's tone of voice and your brand's archetype, your brand's essence. And that podcast is really useful to listen to to kind of flesh out your tone of voice for your business. I also talk about how to nail your key messages in this podcast, which I think you really need to do before you set about writing the copy for your website. It can be quite jarring if the pages on your website are not all written in the same tone of voice. And I know that clients these days feel that ChatGPT has all the answers. And it's true that ChatGPT can be super useful and super helpful. However, a lot of the content that is spat out from ChatGPT is quite generic if you are not giving it the proper prompts to make it talk like you. So I probably need to do a whole podcast episode on this about how to prompt ChatGPT in a way um, that makes it speak like you and sound like you. And if anyone wants to hear that podcast, I'm happy to oblige. So just leave me a comment on the podcast and let me know or send me a DM and I can do that. But it does take a while to kind of nurture your ChatGPT bot um, into sounding like you. You need to feed it a lot of information if you want it to get if you want to nail that tone of voice, sounding like you, sounding like your business. Sometimes I just feel like writing from your heart or writing from you, especially if you are a solo solo entrepreneur uh, or solopreneur or whatever you lame term you want to use. I don't really like that terminology, but anyway, um, if you are a one man or woman business then, you know, you want your business to sound like you because people buy from people. You want your marketing to be authentic. 
You want it to connect with your customers and you want to attract the right customers that you actually want to work with. And in order to do that, you know, you really have to have that authentic marketing and that authentic tone of voice. You want it to sound appealing. Um, You don't want to sound desperate or anything like that, but you basically just want to sound like you, like a person. And time and time again, I see so many websites that have so much jargon, so much terminology. A lot of corporate websites are like this. And if you go to their web pages and you actually read the words out loud, it sounds like a bloody robot. No one speaks like that. I'm all for language where it actually sounds like, you know, when you're reading those words, they sound like there's a little Carmen talking to you in your head. But it does take time. It does take practice and it does take finessing to get that tone of voice right. But if you go back and listen to that episode that I mentioned, episode number 52, I think, you know, it will really help you to start developing your tone of voice and, you know, practice makes perfect and highly recommend that once you've written your website copy or as you go, you constantly read out every sentence out loud and ask yourself, does this sound like me? And if you are struggling with the words, record it, record your voice as a voice memo And, you know, there's lots of um, AI apps now that can transcribe it for you. But that is a great way to get a conversational tone for your content up on your website. Okay, it's quite a short episode for me today. I think it's only 20 minutes or so. But I hope I have given you a little bit of information, a few golden tidbits to help you craft a website for your business, some content And don't forget that sometimes less is more. People have really short attention spans these days. They don't want to be sifting through a novel to find the information they need. Keep it short. Keep it to the point. However, make it engaging so that the user stays on the page and ultimately takes that call to action, whether it's booking a discovery call, getting, um, giving them your email, giving you their email to get that discount code or whatever it might be. Just nurture those leads the best way you know how. Okay, that's it from me this week. I am interviewing some really great people on the podcast in the coming few weeks. I've got quite a few riveting people booked. I know that we're going to have just the best conversations and I'm really looking forward to it. And someone I was talking today was talking to me about the podcast and they've listened to quite a few episodes which, you know, really fills me with joy. And I would love to get this podcast out to more people and to more listeners. So if you like it, please, please subscribe, hit the subscribe button, and perhaps even leave me a review. Because, you know, if I want to walk the talk, I have to follow my own advice and ask my clients, ask you listeners to please leave me a review like I have in this podcast when I was talking about Google reviews. And if you've got any questions, hit me up with a DM. I'm more than happy to help. And of course, if you need help writing your website, then you know who to call. Thank you. And I will see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Committed Creative Podcast. I would be ever so appreciative if you could head on over and subscribe to the pod or leave me a review. Or if you're so inclined, head on over to my website, redplatypuscreative.com and send me an email with some feedback. I'm all ears. Until next time, here's to going all in on your creative pursuits.